Okay, so the introduction. Alexander Hamilton, James Madison, and John Jay, writing a letter October 1787 and August 1788, published in New York papers in an effort to persuade citizens to ratify the new government framed by the Constitution. The Federalist Number 21, written by Hamilton, dealt especially with the weakness in the, in the Articles of Confederation. And then this would be the beginning of the thesis for uh, Federalists. Founded in the 1780s, the Federalists wanted a weaker, non-centralized government where the Constitution serves only the government and not the people. The Federalist, which is later known as the Federalist Papers, is a collection of the 85 articles and essays written by Hamilton, Madison, and Jay under the pseudonym Publius to promote the ratification of the United States Constitution. Jay, Hamilton, and Madison penned the Federalist Papers, and they called themselves the Federalist as a commitment to a loose and decentralized government. Born a bastard in the British island of Nevis, he began his studies at King's College in 1774. It would later become Columbia University. He marries into a wealthy family. Safety from external danger is the most powerful director of national conduct. Even the ardent love of liberty will, after time, give way to its dictates. The violent destruction of life and property indicate war. The continual effort and alarm attendant on a state of continual danger will compel nations the most attached to liberty to resort for response and security to institutions which have, ten have a tendency to destroy their civil and political rights. To be more safe, they at length will become willing to run the risk of being less free. This is a quote from Alexander Hamilton in the Federalist Papers. Our first Anti-Federalist is Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson is one of the most prolific Anti-Federalists that we know today. Jefferson was born to a wealthy family in Virginia in 1743. This puts him at a high level of agency ever since his birth, as he was born into higher society. He even inherited land by the age of 21. He was also college educated, which allowed him to be at an even higher level of agency into his adulthood. Jefferson was a major founding father, and most people now know him as one of the presidents of the United States, although he went in with the label of Democratic Republican rather than Anti-Federalist. This makes him potentially the Anti-Federalist with the highest level of agency that we know of. Patrick Henry served as a delegate for both the first and second Continental Congress, although he didn't prove influential in his popularity, grew with the people of Virginia, and Henry believed that the amendments that were sent by the United States did not adequately safeguard the right of the people, and he wanted to support them instead of calling for a new convention and the political leaders of the opposition to British tyranny also wanted to have a high agent in power and also Henry served as the first governor of Virginia. Federalist number one is a paper written by Alexander Hamilton under the pseudonym Publius. This paper provides an outline for the rest of the papers that will follow and explains why they all view the Articles of Confederation as inadequate. Hamilton opens the Federalist Papers by saying, 
to the people of the state of New York. After an unequivocal experience of the inefficiency of subsisting federal government, you are called upon to deliberate on a new constitution for the United States of America. The subject speaks of its own importance, comprehending in its consequences nothing less than the existence of the Union, the safety and welfare of the parts of which it is composed, the fate of an empire in many respects the most interesting in the world. Hamilton proceeds to continue to highlight the viewpoints you can expect to be outlined throughout the rest of the papers. He ends the paper continuing to argue on defense of the Constitution. He states, It may be perhaps be thought of as superfluous to offer any arguments to prove the utility of the Union, a point, no doubt, deeply engraved on the hearts of the great body of the people in every state, and one, which it might be imagined, has no adversaries. But the fact is that we already hear it whispered in the private circles of those who oppose the new constitution, that the 13 states are too, are of too great extent for any general system, and that we must of necessity resort to separate confederacies of the district proportions of a whole. As Mary wraps up uh, the first Federalist paper, I'd like to get into the second one. Um, this one was written by John Jay. He actually wrote five out of the 85. Um, he actually wasn't, or he couldn't write the rest or any more because he actually got sick upon writing them. So that's why he only wrote five. But um, he did write the second one, and I just want to get into the first um, little bit of it. He said, To the people of the state of New York, when the people of America reflect that they are now called upon to decide a question, when it's consequences must prove one of the most important that they've ever engaged their attention. The property of their taking a very comprehensive as well as a very serious view of it will be evident. I just wanted to get into that. Um, I mean, I think it's a very good excerpt to read. Um, we have a lot of influence in this paper. Um, first off, I mean, I want to summarize what the, you know, paper is talking about. It's a very complicated argument that he's, I mean, trying to, you know, argue, I guess. Um, he's basically saying that there's, you know, some politicians who believe in dismembering the Union into 13, you know, states. You know, that has um, each, that has an each own government with powers granted by the people is preferred rather than having a single national government. It's basically what he's talking about um, in the second paper. And then, um, and he, as we get on to his opinion, You know, he is one of the Federalists, so his opinion is actually, he, he does believe that it should be split up into 13 states instead of one national government. He does think that that will be a better choice. So that's basically the summary of the second paper and what it talks about and the arguments behind it. Following Alexander Hamilton um, in the Federalist Papers, 
another high agent was James Madison. He was the author of 29 of out of the 85 Federalist Papers. Um, as you can see, like right off the bat, he had very high agency, I think, because, I mean, he was born into a wealthy family, you know, successful plantation family. So I think, like, right off the bat, like, he had that high agency, you know, had a lot of power. He was the fourth president of the United States. He was the father of the Constitution. You know, he even sponsored the Bill of Rights. Um, he was a sec. Uh, he was one of Thomas Jefferson's Secretary of State, uh, which I find interesting because him and Thomas Jefferson were friends, which is weird because Thomas Jefferson is like one of the more known, you know, anti-federalist. So, you know, I mean, it's weird to see those both sides because, you know, they're fighting for like different things. But I mean, they were still, you know, friends or. I guess mutual friends. Um, he was also one of the founding fathers. So yeah, I mean, he was one of the first vice presidents. So I mean, I think I mean he had very high agency throughout his whole lifespan. You know, I mean he wasn't very. I mean, he was looked at very highly, very you know, an idol. I mean, I guess so. <laughs> In conclusion, we have tried to explain the Federalist and Anti-Federalist viewpoints and try to highlight the major agents in both groups. Alexander Hamilton and James Madison were both major Federalists that are responsible for most of the Federalist papers, while Thomas Jefferson and Patrick Henry were major opponents at the time. Although the Anti-Federalists failed in their goal of preventing the adoption of the Constitution, we can still learn from their viewpoints and the success of the Federalists and their goals. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.